Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. there. I'm Cindy Linden and this is the Cook Along Podcast. Today I'm making something that I don't know why it's taken me this long to get around to it. It's kind of silly because it's sort of something that I guess could be regarded as a signature dish for me. It's something that I do that I don't know anybody else who makes it in the way I do and yet it's super easy and super fast. It can be thrown on the table for just Usins, the people in the house, but it's also something you can throw together with probably things you have in the house if you have unexpected company and it looks quite elegant and tastes amazing and yet doesn't have very many ingredients. So I guess part of the reason I haven't done it before, there's probably two reasons. Firstly, it comes together so quickly and you need to eat it really as soon as it's done. And so creating a podcast for that is a little trickier than something that can sit for a while after it's made. And the other thing I think is that it's not a recipe I have measurements for. And there's some flexibility in it without changing the real heart of the dish in any way. It can be modified in a number of different ways. And yet, I don't have exact measurements for anything because it's something I just throw together. I am going to try, as we do this today, I'm going to try to talk you through ahead of time some guesses about measurements. It also doesn't have a name, so I'm going to name it right now. Uh, Right now I'm going to christen it um, pasta with fried garlic and nuts. Now in my house, it's actually something we call pasta with pistachios because I happen to think that the pistachios are the best nuts for this recipe. But it started after I had dinner with a vegetarian friend who cooked for me, and this was decades ago. He and I founded a theater company together actually, not that that has anything to do with this recipe. He made a pasta dish with toasted almonds And it never had occurred to me before that to put nuts in pasta. That seemed like two things that didn't go together. But of course, as a vegetarian, he's looking for his proteins in places other than what I had always regarded as traditional things for pasta. Meatballs, hamburger, you know, chicken, whatever. So anyhow, what he did for me that day was toasted almonds. And 
toasted almonds are lovely in this dish. I just happen to like the sweetness of the pistachios. If you want to use toasted almonds, I would recommend probably slivered ones. The sliced ones are going to be probably too thin to really stand up to the dish. And you could use whole ones, but you'll need to chop them, which is what we have to do with the pistachios as well. Okay, without further ado, let me see if I can figure out what to tell you you'll need. First, you'll need a small saute pan or frying pan. And you'll need a large saute pan. And believe it or not, that's for the pasta. If you want to get a preview of what we're going to do with the pasta, you can find the preview in a blog on my website, thecookalongpodcast.com. The blog title is You Don't Know How to Cook Pasta. And the sort of unspoken part of the title is And Neither Did I. There's a much faster way to cook pasta than what you've been told. And we're going to do that today because I haven't done that in a podcast. And a lot of you, I know, are listening to the podcast, but you're not getting around to reading the blogs. So we'll just do it. We'll just do it right here and right now. So for that, you need a large saute pan. Not a pasta pot, not a deep pot. You're looking for like a two-inch deep large saute pan or frying pan. Not a cast iron. Stainless steel would be good for this one. In addition, you'll need a sharp knife because we're going to mince some garlic and we want to use that fresh if we can rather than some of that stuff from the jar. This is not the recipe for that. Other ingredients. You will want your pasta and that can be any shape, any shape you like. It can be spaghetti. It can be shells. I happen to like this best because I just think it looks prettiest and holds the sauce better with a rotini or a rotel or a penne. Uh, all of those, those are the little tubes. And then the other two, the first two I mentioned, are those little corkscrew shaped ones. And I just like that they hold the oil or the butter. And there's your first variation. So you'll want either some olive oil, and I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess a quarter of a cup of olive oil or so. Or you're going to want the same amount of butter. The way I choose which to use is about whether I think there are going to be any leftovers because when you have leftovers and you put the leftovers in the fridge, the butter kind of congeals in a way that's just unappealing. So in that case, I'm going to use olive oil. Uh, however, the butter has a richness to it and a saltiness to it that can be really nice. Sometimes I use a little of each. But let's just go out on a limb here and say quarter of a cup of one or the other or some combination of the two. And then you're gonna need, let's say, four, four cloves, four cloves of garlic. I'm breaking apart my garlic head here to see how big they are and see if I really mean that. I think I do, I do mean that. I would say four good-sized cloves of garlic because it's one of the main flavors. There's a lot of flavor in here, but it's, we're not doing anything. <laughs> I don't know how to say this. There are just so few ingredients. And yet, I think you're really going to like this. It wouldn't be one of our favorite household dishes if it didn't have any flavor in it. But I have here, oh, no, what I have here is I have three large cloves of garlic and two medium ones. That's what I'm going to use. The next thing that you need is your nuts. And I am going to say that that let's use... If you're using a pound of pasta, which is sort of a, a traditional size, 
So most packages are about a pound. If you're using a pound of pasta, let's go for a half a cup of nuts. And whatever kind of nuts you're using, we're going to chop them, unless they're the slivered almonds. And let me talk about the almonds here for a minute. If it's the almonds, you're going to want to toast them before we start this recipe. And you can do that in a toaster oven on like 250 degrees and just keep your eye on it for about six to eight minutes. You can do it in your regular oven. It seems like a lot of fuss to heat up a whole oven for just toasting these nuts because we don't need the oven for anything else for this recipe. The third option is to do them in a cast iron pan. You can chop them first. No matter what you're doing, you should chop them first unless, again, Oh, you're using slivered almonds, which are already sort of chopped. And then you would either throw these on a cookie sheet in some kind of oven for six to eight minutes until they start to brown, and you'll smell them. And you mustn't forget about them. This is another one of those things, like hamburger buns, where I put it uh, to toast and then completely forget about them, and they burn and smoke the house up, and I have to start over. So the nuts will do the same because once they start to brown, they go very fast from brown to black, especially if they're in little pieces. But if you're not doing it in the oven, you're doing it in like a cast iron pan on your stove. Put your stove onto about medium, maybe medium high if you're really, really watching it and throw the nuts in there and you can start to stir them around as they get a little bit browner and get them off before they get very brown. And then you have your toasted almonds to throw in. And like I said, let's pretend we're going to use a half a cup of those. So let's see, we've got the pasta, oil or butter, the nuts. Oh, so the garlic, we talked about the garlic. We're going to mince that. We're going to mince it. It could be small, it could be large. It kind of depends on how you like it. But you want to try to get a kind of uniform consistency because we're going to toast that as well in some oil. We're going to fry it. Uh, my father-in-law, an Italian, calls it fried garlic. That's funny because the first time I ever heard of doing something like this with garlic, it was from another Italian, and she called it scorched garlic. What it means is that you put it in the oil and let it brown to what she described as the color of the inside of a walnut. Sometimes I go a little further than that because that's really not very far from its original color. And then the last thing, the last ingredient, nope, two more ingredients. One of them is some kind of an herb. The first times I made this, and for the longest time after, the herb I used, kind of surprisingly, was sage. I used rub sage, and I think that's actually what I'm going to do today. It's an unexpected flavor that goes really well with the nuts, whether you're using the pistachios or the almonds. But you could also use thyme, dried thyme. I don't recommend fresh herbs for this, except maybe as a garnish on the top, because we're going to cook them a little bit. could use oregano, certainly dried oregano. Um, basil, I haven't actually tried, nor have I tried an herb blend, like, you know, like an Italian herb. I kind of like the uh, simple flavor of a single herb. And then the final ingredient is some grated Parmesan cheese. And I highly recommend that that be fresh grated, that you've done yourself, or that even that you bought at the grocery store already grated up, but not the kind from the cardboard boxes. There's just no point in cheese from a cardboard box, no matter what shape the box is, okay?
just no point. It's old. It's tired. It's dried. It's got added anti-caking agents, and you just don't. Just don't. Okay? That's my final word on Parmesan cheese. Any and all times, don't use the stuff in the round can. There's no point. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So let's get started. I think what we want to do is be sure all the ingredients are ready ahead of time. Because once things start to cook, they go very fast. So I'm going to start by chopping the garlic. And you put your clove of garlic down on your cutting board and put the flat of your knife on it and push down with your palm of your hand, kind of lean on it until you hear it crack. And then you'll be able to get the skin right off of it. You can probably hear that. If it crushes the garlic, that's okay. No big deal, because you're going to chop it into little bits anyway, right? So that was two. There's three. And four. This is one of the smaller ones. And when I say small, you know it's not really very small. Maybe that's enough. I think that's enough. I'm not going to do this other medium one. You still want to be thinking about four large cloves or whatever would be the equivalent of that. I would say it's hard to have too much garlic here. And then we're just going to chop it. Start by slicing it. Keep your fingers out of the way. And then just run the knife over it in other directions until it's cut up really small. And like I said, if you want to leave the pieces bigger you can what's going to happen in the pan as they brown is they're going to get sweet and 
milder than they are when they're raw and a little crispy, a little chewy and a little crispy, uh, sort of, hmm, it's actually kind of both, both things at the same time. There'll be a little crunch, but then once you bite into it, there's a little chewiness to them. Just keep chopping them until they seem small and all kind of about the same size. Okay, now the nuts. So I've got a pile of garlic here that's probably two tablespoons worth, I'll bet you. Oh, no, maybe not. Tablespoon and a half. Then I have this cool thing. It's a nut grinder. It looks a little like an hourglass, and it's got a turning handle on it and a little lid and then blades on the inside. It's a hand crank thing that's kind of shaped like an hourglass. So you put the nuts in the top, and then you crank the handle, and the nuts go down into the bottom as they're ground up. And if you turn it one direction, you get finely chopped nuts. And if you turn it the other direction, you get less finely chopped nuts. So now I'm grinding up the nuts, and I'm going to use the larger bits, because I don't, you know, there's no point in having a nut powder, right? <laughs> you want some pieces that your mouth can feel and taste. If you don't have a fancy thing to grind the nuts with, don't worry, you just use a knife. Use your sharp knife, the same one you were using on the garlic, actually, and chop them carefully, because cutting nuts is one of the ways you can easily also cut your fingers, because they're hard, but just chop them up until you get to a point where they're kind of the size you think you'd like to eat. And you could be doing this with your almonds before you toast them, if you're using almonds. I really am telling you, I love the pistachios, and what I'm using Already came shelled. I mean, if I had to shell them, we sure as heck wouldn't be using pistachios. These are shelled and roasted and salted. These came from Costco, but I know that you can get them at Trader Joe's. The Trader Joe's ones are really good. I recommend the salted ones because we're not going to add salt to this. The salt that we're going to have in here is kind of what's inherent in the ingredients that we've got here, which is the butter and the Parmesan and the nuts. Is that enough? Ah. All right, I'm gonna do a few more because I think that's not quite half a cup. I'm still gonna hope that I'm giving you the right number here, but let me confirm that once I get to half a cup. You can do more nuts. You can do different kinds of nuts. Use your favorite nuts. What I will tell you is that no matter how many nuts you do, they're going to sink to the bottom of this recipe. And that's kind of annoying, and you'll want to stir it up a lot. I think that's plenty. That is, yeah, it's a hair over half a cup. I think uh, half a cup is not an incorrect measure. Okay, now we're going to get our pans ready. You want one small saute pan, like you would fry an egg in. And then you want one big one. And I mean... Uh, probably pretty big one, depending on how much pasta you're doing. You want a frying pan or saute pan. I'm going to measure this because I don't know what it is. Hold on. This pan is 12 inches across and almost three inches deep. So it's two and three quarters inches deep. You ask me how I know that. It's because I have this drawer in my kitchen. Don't we all have this drawer in our kitchen? that you open and it's got stuff in it. You know, uh, scissors, flashlight, tools, mm, pliers, twist ties, you know, that drawer, the kitchen junk drawer. So I always have a measuring tape in there. 
In fact, right now I have two. You need the bigger pan because what we're going to do is cook pasta in a much faster way than what you're used to. The longest part of cooking pasta is waiting for the water to boil. So we're going to skip that step. And again, you can find this information if you forget it or want the details on it. You can find it on the website, in the blog, You Don't Know How to Cook Pasta. But what we do is we take the pasta. Well, my battery died. So uh, I'm just going to tell you what I did up until the moment when I figured out the battery died because I don't really have a way to go back and redo it for you. I took the pasta and I dumped it into the pan, just the dry pasta into the large frying pan. And uh, I didn't end up using all of it. It's a one pound box. But after kind of looking at it, I decided that for two people, one pound was just too much. And then after I got the pasta in there, I got a, about a teaspoon of salt and put that in there as well. Then I carried the pan over to the sink and you can do this another way. I do it because it seems the easiest way to do it. I carried the pan over to the sink and I put cold water on it. Let the water run for a minute on cold so you get rid of all the warm water that is in the pipes that has minerals and stuff in it. And then put water in your pan over the pasta until you've covered all the pasta. There's no little dry parts of pasta sticking up and added maybe a quarter of an inch at most of water over the top of the pasta. And then put that pan back on your stove. And you can always bring the water to the pan rather than the pan to the water if you want to use a pitcher or a measuring cup or whatever. No matter how you get the water into the pan, you want it to cover all the pasta. And then you're going to turn the stove on underneath the pasta pan to high. The usual way to make pasta nowadays is to have this big pot, a big pot, right, of water that takes forever to come to a boil. And when it finally does, then you add the pasta. If the water isn't boiling all the way, your pasta is going to clump up and stick together and just be a nasty mess, which is why it has to be fully boiling. And then you need to kind of stir it until it's boiling again so that it doesn't all just stick together. With this way of doing it, there's so many benefits. I just I, I'm, have to figure out where to start. First, you're not waiting for that huge pot of cold water to warm up. Secondly, because you've put the pasta in cold water, it's not going to stick together. And as it cooks, it no longer has an inclination to stick together because I don't know why. It just doesn't. So it's not going to stick if you cook it this way. It's not going to clump together. The third thing is it's going to soak up all this water so you don't have to drain the pasta. You're going to cook it until the water is gone. If you end up where you really are taking out a piece of pasta and you think this is really getting soft and I don't want it any softer than this and there's still water in there, then you can drain your pasta if you want. But if you've only put in enough water to kind of cover the pasta and then a little more, you won't have a bunch of leftover water. Now let's go back to the smaller pan. And you've got your oil or your butter in there and we're gonna turn the heat on on that to medium high. And we're gonna let that oil heat up. By the way, 
I've just taken a picture of the pasta in the pan so you can see what I'm talking about. And I have a picture of the chopped up garlic and the chopped up nuts so you can see both what I chopped them in and how finely I chopped them both. And these are on the website, thecookalongpodcast.com. As the oil heats up, it starts to get a little shimmer to it. If you look at it kind of to where you can see a reflection in it, you'll notice that it's not flat anymore. It's a little um, uneven. What's the word I want? Like if you're seeing a reflected straight line in there, it's not straight anymore. It's a little uneven because it's starting to do some fun things. Meanwhile, your big pasta pot, your big pasta frying pan, rather, is probably starting to steam. You can stir it if you want. It's not necessary. I'm gonna because I'm just not good at leaving things alone. And you know, it doesn't hurt to stir it around so that something doesn't stick to the bottom somehow. Mine's starting to steam and my oil is starting to ripple just a little bit. Now I'm going to tell you again at this point that this will happen very fast. What we're going to do next is going to happen very fast. I'm going to get my sage out ahead of time. And I don't have an amount for you on this. Um, it'll be when it starts to seem good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right, so my oil is hot, and now I'm going to add all the chopped garlic to it. I think some of my pasta water just spat into the oil. All the garlic goes in there, and you only have a couple of minutes to get that in there. Your nuts need to be ready to go. See, okay, wow, yeah, it's already starting to brown. There's, so on the edges, so I'm going to turn it down. Let's turn it down to medium. It's toasting these little bits of garlic, and they're turning brown really fast. You'll see this happening, and it won't happen to all of them evenly, which is unfortunate, but you want as many of them as you can to be a toasted color. And that only takes a few seconds. All right, and then before it starts to burn, this is what they called scorched, but you don't want it to burn. Now throw your nuts in there. Just throw all the nuts in there and stir it around, and that will help slow down the cooking on the garlic. Now what you have here is this, this pile, pile of nuts, uh, with uh, little crispy bits of garlic. And you can turn your temperature down to low. And now you're going to add the rest of the olive oil. Like I said, my guess was we use a total of about a quarter of a cup. So... Go ahead and add some olive oil until, or butter, whichever one you're using, until it's kind of soupy. Because this is going to be what goes on that pasta. And then just let it sit there on low for a little bit while your pasta finishes up. And I'm going to give this pasta a little stir. Yep, it's starting to, starting to cook. And in doing so, it does kind of want to adhere to the bottom a little bit. So go ahead and stir that up. It's coming to a boil now. It's actually, well, yeah, it is boiling. But the pasta is still pretty hard, right? So you have both things going at the same time. You have your pasta, which is boiling on one burner, and you have a little bit of simmering going on in your nuts and olive oil. You're going to see some bubbly foam start to happen on the top. And actually, you know, we're probably close enough to having this pasta ready. 
that maybe we could just turn it off. Yeah, it's just going to stay hot just fine. So I'm going to turn off the back burner. And once that's turned off, you can add your herbs. Whatever you're using. You do want to use something here or it's not going to have enough flavor. I am using, as I said, the rubbed sage. And I think I've probably got here about a teaspoon's worth. And that just gets sprinkled on the top and then stirred in. Sage isn't a traditional herb for pasta, uh, at least not by itself. So it creates a little bit of an unexpected flavor. Now I'm going to smell that and see what we got. Yeah, yeah, that's sagey. If you can't smell your herb when you lean over it, you probably need more. But give it a minute to warm up before you decide that. I'm hoping that having this recipe be this open-ended is empowering rather than intimidating. It means you can make it your own really easily just by choosing your own herbs, your own pasta shape, and your own kind of nuts. All right, let's check the pasta again here. Yeah, it's not ready. Your timing on the box is probably gonna be about right. This one said eight to nine minutes boiling. And so that's probably accurate plus the extra time it takes for the water to come to boiling, so maybe 10, 11 minutes total time, which is still a lot faster, a lot faster than waiting for the stupid big pasta pot to come to a boil. And don't get me wrong, I love my pasta pot. I have a pasta pot. It's got a liner that has holes in it, right? Lots of holes in it. And a steamer basket you can put on the top. And that way you can take your pasta out of the water instead of having to dump it all out in case you need extra pasta water. But it takes so long compared to what we're doing here today. And I really do want you to get a handle on this pasta cooking technique because it's just so easy and so much faster. You really can whip up dinner in a lot less time. And I know pasta is fairly easy to cook the regular way. This is just faster. There's no downside to faster, if you ask me. So your sauce is just fine. It should be still warm enough. There'll be a point where the pasta has absorbed almost all this water. And at that point, yeah, we'll just wait. We'll just wait. I'll talk about that when we get there. You may hear my fan going, I'm going to see if I can turn it back off. Suddenly my kitchen was completely full of steam. I suddenly was afraid something was smoking that was so dense. And it wasn't. It was just steam. Because I closed all the doors and windows and I don't have that big of a kitchen. It's still pretty dense in the top third of the room, but I don't want it on anymore. I just have a lousy fan. I have to open a window and a door to my garage anytime it starts to smoke at all. Anytime I'm doing anything that smokes even a tiny bit. And sometimes, you know, I know it's going to do that. If I'm roasting a chicken on high temperatures or whatever, I know it's going to smoke. If I'm roasting vegetables, I know it's going to smoke. And I have no way to combat it except to allow the cold or hot air from outside in because my fan doesn't take care of it. It's one of the things when we finally remodel our kitchen, I'm going to take care of put in a good fan. We haven't remodeled our kitchen. It really needs it. We have a vintage 1951 kitchen with robin's egg blue tiles on the counters and also on the lower part of the walls and uh, this little sort of ribbon of tiles with little blue and white flowers on them. It's, it's really quite classic. 
And then we have cupboards and drawers from the same date, 1951, which means they are in terrible shape. The runners on the drawers have worn down into the wood to the point where the drawers don't really shut anymore and they don't they don't even sit straight because they've worn down so much of the wood that they rest on <laughs> they're not straight anymore it really needs to be remodeled we are postponing that because we have to leave you know move out of our kitchen our stove would have to go in the dining room and our microwave would have to go in the living room and the refrigerator goes I don't know I I don't know where but it needs new floor it needs a whole shebang and and we really want it done but we really don't want to do it and we don't want to be here when it's done oh, all right my water's almost absorbed now I'm going to take out one noodle and set it on a surface to cool for just a few seconds while the rest are continuing to cook and then we're going to taste that hot that's hot it's hot. Yeah. Oh, that's nice chewiness. Okay. Well, because that's just the chewiness I want, I am going to strain these. I have to get myself a colander for that. This is a larger pasta than I usually use. I'm using a rotel instead of a rotini, and that's just because I thought it would be pretty. So this is not something I'm used to. So I do have to drain it. Hopefully, you will not. Hopefully, yours will come out exactly right. It'll start to get a sort of starchy, filmy look to the water. It's just kind of this thick, goopy stuff. When it gets that, you want to stop. You want to take it off and pour the pasta with the goopy stuff, unless there's a ton of it, into your bowl for your pasta because it's done. And the goopy stuff will just add a little denseness and nice sort of mouthfeel to your pasta. Okay, then your pasta's in the bowl now, right? If you had to strain it like I did, it's fine. While it's still hot, now you're going to take the, the smaller fry pan with the nuts and the garlic and the butter or olive oil and your herbs and pour it over the top. And then we're just going to stir it up. That's the second to last thing is to stir it up. There. Beautiful. Now, right now, the nuts are all kind of sitting where they should. But by the time I serve it, they'll be all down at the bottom. It's just the way they work. Now, your Parmesan goes on the top. And this is a really important ingredient because it adds some salt and uh, a lot of flavor. So sprinkle it on the top pretty generously. I just did it with my hand, but I probably just put in, probably put on a quarter of a cup on the top. And then you'll want to put more on the table because the part on the top is going to get stirred in and it won't be enough flavor as people are eating it. They're going to want more. They're going to want more Parmesan. And if they don't, if they're not a huge fan of a lot of Parmesan, although I don't know why that would be, on the other hand, I do live with somebody who would rather use salt. You probably want to put salt on the table for those who might not want more cheese. And you're done. That's it. Now, I know it took me a long time to tell you about it, but it's very fast. The tricky part is getting your oil, garlic, and nuts done by the time your pasta is done. And that's why I had you start both pans at the same time, because they come together really quickly, and you kind of need that.
I hope you like this dish. It's something that I think you'll come back to again and again. I love the pistachios in here. Sorry, I just tasted one and it's just lovely. Easy to do, quick to do. Ingredients mostly already in the house. A beautiful presentation and something unusual that people may not have had before. Serve it with a salad or some roasted veggies. What I've done tonight is roast some cauliflower to go with it, which I did ahead of time because the pasta comes together so fast you don't have time to deal with side dishes at the same time. You kind of have to do something ahead, which is why a green salad might be your best bet and always is good with pasta. That's it. Full meal taken care of. Please visit my website, thecooklongpodcast.com, to check out my blogs and my other recipes. And if you have comments or questions, I would love to have you contact me on the Facebook Cook Along page. It's the Cook Along Podcast. And I will answer your questions or reply to your comments probably within 24 hours of your leaving them for me. And I'd love to hear from you. So please consider talking to me there. It gets lonely out here. I'm talking to you, but I don't get to hear back. So please feel free to uh, reach out. And until next time, happy cooking. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can make a contribution through the supporter link on every Cook Along podcast page or go to Kofi. KO-FI.com slash the Cook Along Podcast. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening.